0: 37th parallel on America's haunted highway. It's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 205 Pixelated Paranormal. The episode we didn't promise. (laughs) See, I was going to lie and say the news stories from next episode, uh, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) That's what happens when things are unscripted, folks. Yeah. Yeah. In the long continuing pattern of life just being very chaotic, uh, we didn't finish writing the episode of the part two of Flying Humanoids. Uh, We've got a lot of great stuff. We've got like flying decapitated heads and Native American lore. And Vietnamese vampire women and all sorts of cool stuff. Pterodactyls in Alabama. Yeah, Alabama dactyls. A lot of really cool shit. We just have to basically, you know, rewrite some stuff so it's not direct copyright infringement. Yeah. Ah, the joys of researching and rewriting what you just read. Yep. <laughs> and if we're lazy and just read every website we come across and every book word for word, then we got to give credit to everybody. And that's just a lot. So Preston, how are the ducks? I Man, the ducks uh the ducks are actually
0: good. Um, it, it's funny because as they're they're aging, it's it's very hard when they're ducklings to tell, you know, male drakes from the hens because they all sound the same. Uh. And the, the drakes haven't got their sex feathers in yet, so um you're you're out there and you can hear the females like, <clears throat> you know, quack. And it's, like, really loud. And then I have these two ducks that kind of waddle off to the side, and they sound like bullfrogs. It's very raspy and and uh, frog-like, and that's a telltale sign that uh, those are your drakes. So it's it's cute to, to see the, the differences starting to come to life. And then plus, my one fucking drake, uh, he's probably a solid 12 pounds right now. Like, he's a big boy, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's he thinks he's king shit. So... Now I'm going to rewind real
1: quick. What the hell's a sex feather?
0: So on the on the drakes, uh they're uh, so ducks their feathers kind of, you know, their their tail feathers kind of curl up a little bit. The the sex feather on the drake is a, a signifier that uh, they're they're indeed males and they have one fe- oh, okay. feather at the end of the tail that actually curls up and oh. over away from the rest of the tails. And uh, that's a, you know, like, ooh, look at me. Ooh la la. Mmm.
1: I see. Okay, cool. Hell yeah. Now yeah. we can go on because I'm like, wait, a sex feather. Is that another word for a penis or a vagina?
0: No, but it, uh, if you ever want to like just kind of like ruin your day and like, you know, how do but There's certain things like you shouldn't have looked up, like, you know, like somebody says, "Hey Sean, go Google like blue waffle or like you know lemon party on the internet." Don't do that, folks. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, do that. That's looking up uh, the anatomy of ducks to understand what it is that you're dealing with. Um, uh-huh. Duck
1: duck penises will ruin your day. So. Oh no!
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, then I guess I won't be googling duck fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, presto, the reason why I asked you about how your duckies are doing, I'm glad to hear they're doing great, by the way. Oh, yeah. Is the city of Maine is trying to solve a giant foul mystery of their own right now. Maybe even more of a mystery than the sex of your ducks. Because a giant 25-foot-tall duck that was branded by the word joy has appeared in the harbor of Belfast, Maine, on Saturday, according to the New England Cable News. Now, nobody knows how it got there, nobody knows who put it there, but the duck appears to be anchored in the shallow water between the pedestrian bridge and the town landing. Now, I'm not sure if you're following along with me here, but this comes from Fox News. Harbor Master Catherine Given told the Banger Daily News. The duck doesn't pose a navigational hazard, so there's no real rush to shoo it away or get rid of it. Everybody loves it. I have no idea who owns it, but it kind of fits Belfast. A lot of people actually want to keep it here. Judy Herman of Bala, Sinwood, Pennsylvania stopped by to snap a photo on Tuesday, and she said, It's wonderful. Who would expect to see a duck in the middle of the water here? Aww.
0: I mean, ducks are waterfowl, so I mean... You kind of expected to see them in water. I mean, maybe not a giant (laughs) rubber ducky, but an actual fucking duck. Come on, lady. I expect to see those in the fucking water. Maybe they're just not native there. Dude,
1: ducks are everywhere. Mm. (laughs) Oh, are they? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hey, I'll take your word for it, man. I'm not... uh, I mean, you got Swedish You you got
0: Swedish ducks. You got ruined ducks. You got mallards. You got call ducks. You got Peking ducks. Uh, You got Muscovy ducks, which are actually out of, like, Mexico. Uh, You got runner mm-hmm. ducks. There's, I mean, there's all sorts of fucking—there's uh, just ducks. And then there's, like, weird duck pheasants. There's, like, uh, this, like, weird, like, duck-geese hybrid. And then there's fucking geese, which are just assholes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm no duck expert, but I'm just saying.
1: Now, I've given listeners a chance to— all hold up their hand in a "what the fuck" did Preston just say? Manner so I can answer their question. Preston, did you say amongst the different types of duck, there's Peking duck? Yeah, pe- uh, that P- Peking duck. That's a fucking dish. No, that's, a that's food.
0: That and that's an actual uh, breed of ducks. Uh, the, the they're, they're your white ducks that originate from uh, China, um, and that's the okay. ducks that they use to make Peking ducks, or the actual Peking ducks. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, and they actually, they, there's a breed of Peking ducks that have a a soft spot on the top of their skull and it's like a hole (laughs) and then it, you just push your finger into it and they go. Right. But it actually, the feathers grow out of it. So it actually allows them to have like a little tuft of hair, like a little, like a little Afro feathered duck. And, uh, yeah.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say it's kind of like the Kappa of the yokai and it has like a little pool of water in it. No, no. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. Googling further, pecking Peking, Pekin? Pekin ducks have been around for over 2,000 years. Yeah.
0: So fuck you, Maine lady. you okay, Now, why
1: is it called? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Let me speak to your manager, Preston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, here's why I got confused. The pecking duck is P-E-K-I-N. I'm sure I pronounced it wrong. Uh-huh. And then there's the Peking duck, which is, has an, a G at the end of it. So it's Peking. Is it Peking or Pekin? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. hey, I'm going to give you points. Yeah. Still counts. <sighs> there's egg on my face. All right, Preston, from Ducks, let's move on. What's the weirdest thing you've ever found under a house or in a crawl space?
0: minus a dead body cuz we've reported on thousands of people that have found dead bodies under the crawl space like Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I I don't know. I've never actually ever looked under a crawl space under any house I've owned because I've been afraid to. So
1: um uh, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I get that. I get that. I got a buddy um who oh gosh, let's see here. Um Dave is probably in his 60s, if I had to give you educated guess. I got a buddy named Dave. He's, you know, a little older than I am. And if I remember the story correctly, it was the mid-80s. That's the part I don't remember when it was. It was in the 80s sometime. But anyway, the story I remember is during that summer, he was probably like in his 20s and he's working on a construction crew. And they were working underneath the house doing some foundation repairs and like laying wiring and stuff like that. Now, the guy that he worked for was a real asshole, like just a real piece of shit, like we're going to work all day if we have to get these jobs done, you know, despite the fact that it's 100 plus degrees outside and you guys are basically steaming yourselves under these houses. Meanwhile, he himself would never do any of the dirty work and just sit in the air conditioning, you know, all day long. Mm -hmm. So one day Dave was real pissed off and he was underneath the house and kind of just, you know, going through all the garbage and trash as he's crawling around. Finds a blue bag. Pulls a blue bag out from underneath some of the rubble. It's got a zipper on it and a bank logo. He unzips it and finds $9,000 inside a bank bag. There's no name. There's no receipts. It's an unmarked bank bag. So what does Dave do, Preston? Cashes it and it's like, fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he shoves it down his pants into his tidy whities he crawls out from under the house, walks over to his boss, gives him both middle fingers, and walks off the job site in true badass fashion. Now, I wasn't prepared to look up and see how much $9,000 would be from, let's just say, 1985 Huh, well, that's weird. $9,000 in 1985 is worth $8,671. Mm, yeah, uh, that's not quite right. That's, that has to be that's impossible. That's called uh, okay. that's called hyperinflation, folks. Uh so Now <laughs> that works. Um I I Sorry, that and that's a really bunk website. Basically, it sounds like it's about $22,000 in today's money. So yeah, back when he was getting about 150 bucks a week for this kind of work he was doing, Yeah, he made out like a damn bandit. Damn. Well, the next story we have. David Olson, 33 years old, is learning about discovering what might lie underneath your house firsthand after he purchased a home in Muskegon, Michigan two years ago. Olson told Fox News that he began to discover weathered bowling balls had been buried under his home and yard in the start of this last July. He and his wife are the second owners of the home where they currently live with their three children. Olson says when they bought the house, they did a home inspection just before and realized that some of the cement stairs under the home were leaning into the house and would need to be demolished and repaired. So when Olson made the time to remove one of the stairs... He pulled the cinder block back on July 1st and discovered there was a stack of old bowling balls under the stairs, which was causing them to lie crooked. Olson said so far during the renovation, he's removed 160 bowling balls in total during the process. In a phone interview with Fox News, Olsen said that he was initially concerned about the discovery because he wasn't sure if these were old enough bowling balls to contain hazardous material. But after he contacted the manufacturer of the bowling balls, Brunswick Bowling Products, he soon found out the bowling equipment came from the 1950s and was perfectly safe. A marketing major for Brunswick Bowling told the news that the company's Muskegon Bowling Ball plant was located on Laketon Avenue from 1906-2006, to which is not the same location where Olson's home is now. So they're still trying to figure out why the bowling balls were underneath the house to begin with and how somebody would have had 160 random bowling balls to begin with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He said... From what I've dug up about his past, he said that the previous owner owned a machine shop in West Michigan. The assumption here is that he had some contact in Brunswick during the last 50 years and was building the house and needed to fill in a bunch of voids, so may have used the bowling balls to fill in the voids underneath the house. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I just got the picture you sent me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, folks. Preston and I are geeking out over the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, from bowling balls, we move on to something even more bizarre, as people have been discovering countless disembodied severed human feet still inside shoes across the beaches in the Pacific Northwest. Now, we've reported on these probably off and on for the last five years, but since 2007... At least 20 human feet still attached and inside of the sneakers they were in originally have been washed up on the coastline of the Pacific Northwest. Conspiracy theories about the Salish Sea Feet discoveries previously blamed the discoveries on a serial killer with a possible foot fetish. But today a British doctor explained on his four-minute TikTok, I'm sorry, to his four million TikTok followers, it's most likely the result... Of modern sneaker designs. Now, first of all, TikTok Doctor, I feel like there's a better name, like TikTokter or Tick-doctor. Yeah, anyway, yeah, a video of the doctor unraveling the mystery. TikTok, of... don't stop round the clock. I don't know. I was gonna go. You s- wanna keep on rhyming? I was gonna go somewhere with it. Walk, you know. Walk around the block. Maybe to the end of the dock. We might see a duck or a couple, maybe a flock. I might shoot him with my Glock. In high school, I was not a jock. I used to love rhyming (laughs) Preston. My best buddy Devin and I used to have rhyming contests in art class, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. Anyway. A video of a doctor unraveling the mystery of why sneakers containing severed feet keep appearing in the beaches of the Pacific Northwest on his viral TikTok video. At least 20 human feet have washed up on the coastline of Salish Sea which stretches from Canada's British Columbia to the United States of Washington. (laughs) Sorry, the U.S. state of Washington, Jeebus, since August 2007. The most recent example took place on New Year's Day in 2019, when beachgoers on Jerry Island in Everett, Washington, found a foot still attached to a boot. While conspiracy theorists have suggested the grisly discoveries could have just been the victims of a serial killer having a foot fetish or a mafia disposing of bodies, Dr. Karin Raj told his 4 million TikTok followers that there is a more simpler explanation. In a video now watched over 650,000 times, Raj explains that the foot discoveries are down to the fact of how human anatomy is made and in part to modern footwear designs. He says, When a human corpse falls in the ocean, it quickly is set upon by scavengers. These scavengers are lazy feeders and prefer to tackle the softer parts of the human body rather than go for the tough, (laughs) gristly bits. Raj explains... Some of the softer parts of the human body happen to be the tissues and ligaments around the ankles. This is when scavengers decide to chew down on this part of the anatomy, including the ankle tendons, causing the foot to detach pretty quickly from the rest of the body. Now, according to the entomologist Gail Anderson, human feet and hands often detach from the rest of the body when in water, but they themselves rarely float. But the buoyancy of modern sneakers, says Raj, is what makes them then float and eventually wash up on the shores of the Pacific Northwest. Sneakers made in the last 10 years often have gas-filled pockets in their soles which make them particularly unsinkable, according to National Geographic. As to why the feet specifically appear along the Salish Sea's shores... Oceanography professor Parker McCready has told National Geographic that the area is the perfect storm for shoes to wash up. The fact that it's a large and complex body of water that acts as a trap and then ensures that waterbound items stay inside the Salish Sea. He also continued that the prevailing winds are westerly and tend to bring things from the ocean rather than pushing them back out. So, according to the British Columbian Coroner Service, they've ruled out foul play in all investigations into Canadian foot discoveries. None of the feet show signs of any trauma, and all the individuals appear to have died by suicide or have been killed in accidents. So, you're saying, like,
0: uh, you know, like any flight that uh, crashes in the ocean, there's going to be a chance that the fish are going to eat the bodies, and then uh, because they're Wearing fucking sneakers, those little like decapitated feet are going to float up and
1: end up in uh, Canada. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> Your version was the too long, didn't read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense, man. You know, Air Jordans, uh, Nike Air is really anything. You know, all of them have these soft little gas pockets. I just went out and bought shoes the other day. Yeah. And I wanted some that had really high arch supports. And the lady brought out orthotics. And my wife called me a mall walker. Oh, an old man with some pumped up kicks. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) Hey, I love that band, by the way. Foster the People. (laughs) Solid. They're actually touring in California right now, playing three separate shows, three separate nights, when they're going to play that album, Torches, from front to back. Oh. That's a fact you didn't know I knew, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Presto, you know we haven't done in a while? Um, we haven't taken a trip down the old memory lane. Oh, Rob's Rob's uh, Robot. Yeah, we talk about fish with human teeth, decapitated feet, and all sorts of other weird things. So we haven't done a little Rob's Robots in a while. So why don't we flip the switch, hit play on the old soundboard.
0: Coming at you from the 37th parallel from the basement of a mad scientist... It's more fantastical tales of robots.
1: And let's just have a conversation here about how Tesla has told the Washington Post it's going to be building a friendly robot that will perform menial tasks and will not fight back towards the human overlords. Uh Uh-huh. San Francisco. Tesla. Has a history of making big promises, but its newest one is just average size, about five foot eight inches and 125 pounds, according to CEO and self-professed techno king, Elon Musk. Tesla says it has plans to build a humanoid robot to perform basic tasks such as wrenching on cars or making grocery runs. It's part of the company's broader ambitions and automation, which includes building its own computer chip, dubbed the D1, to power the networks for vehicles that it hopes to one day make self-driving. Tesla previewed the robot concept at a presentation at its Fremont, California factory last Thursday, calling it the Teslabot, an optimus, and said it would show a prototype next year, as part of the presentation, a human dressed as a machine made robotic gestures and then danced on stage, perhaps demonstrating the range of motion that Tesla hopes the bot could achieve. Musk was quick to clarify the dancer was not a real robot. The company touted that hardware, such as its full self driving computer and computer chips, which it said could be integrated into the robot, would be outfitted with a screen and also Tesla's autopilot system inside of all the robots, including eight separate cameras. Tesla's driver assistance system has now come under scrutiny recently, however, after industry rivals and federal safety investigators have voiced concerns about the rapid deployment on public roads. The National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration started the investigation last week into Tesla's driver assistance suite, known as Autopilot, following following nearly a dozen crashes involving parked emergency vehicles. Musk has expressed confidence, however, that Tesla's cars will one day be driving themselves. He also went on to say, We have almost all the pieces needed for humanoid robots, since we already make robots with wheels. It's intended to be a friendly robot, he said, and navigate through a world built for humans and eliminate dangerous, repetitive, boring tasks. He says humans, humans, humans should be prepared for robots to perform menial tasks and ultimately work alongside them, if not phase them out of the workplace. What do you think, dude? What do you think about robots working right beside you, (sighs) bagging groceries? Fuck
0: you, Tesla. Like, have you not seen any sci-fi movie in the last 30 years that deals, like, with robots? (laughs) Like, you know, eventually they're going to get sicker for shit and things are going to go downhill. And then, so what are you going to do if you phase those jobs out? Like, what new jobs are you creating for the people that, aren't going to have jobs anymore. Like, I'm sorry, if you're a 16-year-old kid, you bag fucking groceries. That's what you do. That's how you work your way up in the world. And then, so what are these fucking Mm -hmm, mm 16-year-old kids going to do? Not flip hamburgers, because there's going to be a fucking iRobot flipping a fucking hamburger. There's going to be a fucking (laughs) robot bagging your groceries, delivering your groceries. So fucking Joe Bob down the street that's been out of work for like two fucking years is now like, oh, look at me, I'm an Uber driver. I do, you know you know, uh, what's that uh, uh, fucking Uber Eats or whatever. Like, all those people are going to be out of jobs because your fucking robot
1: is doing it for them. Mm-hmm. And depending how things go, it could indeed be your fucking robot that's bagging your groceries. Yeah. Wink, wink, rah, rah. Yeah,
0: and then on top of that, like, okay, first of all, you, like, when you're are you talking about, like, the crash rates, right? like, oh, you, you oh, it's, it's concerning... Yeah, uh, these fucking cars are going to be on a road, and uh, they're crashing all the time. I, have you seen half of the American people fucking drive? I mean, statistically, probably the fucking robots driving the cars are doing a lot, you know, less wrecks than fucking real humans are. So, I mean, maybe that <laughs> part of it is okay. Like, I don't know, just let the robots have their turn with driving us around because, you know, we suck at it anyways. But fuck you for trying uh, yeah, to take hey. our fucking jobs.
1: Yeah, take that, Elon Musk. Now he's probably going to pull his advertising from the show. Yeah. You know what? I just want to know, has he not read anything yeah. Isaac Asimov has written? Elon Musk. I robot.
0: Fuck off with the robots and get your ass to Mars, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hopefully they'll at least follow the three laws of robotics. First law, via Isaac Asimov. Rest in peace. A robot may not injure a human being or... Through interaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Second law, a robot must obey the orders given to it by a human, except where such orders would inflict with the first law. Third law, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So we'll see. Yeah. I think there should be, like, another, like,
0: you know, written rule in there, like, when you're making robots, like, program in, like, you can't go smather your dick in peanut butter and be like, robot, get the peanut butter off.
1: (laughs) What the fuck? Just,
0: it can't happen.
1: You went to a weird place, Rob. (laughs) Rob (laughs) Preston, you went to a weird place. All right,
0: robots were not made to (laughs) fuck, okay? Just put, build that in there. That's gotta be, that's
1: gotta be a law. No fucking robots. (laughs) Oh, golly. Well, our final story of the episode is about robots. Preston, have you ever watched the show Westworld?
0: Um, no, I've seen snippets of it, but I've never actually gone from, uh, you know, like start to finish and watched it all the way through.
1: Yeah, I have watched the first six episodes about three times and then always find something else more entertaining to watch and always forget to finish it. Mm -hmm. But basically, what would you do if I were to tell you that Disney theme parks are slowly working their way to becoming modern-day Westworlds?
0: I mean, I'm not going to be shocked.
1: (laughs) In a viral New York Times headline published Wednesday... It asks, are you ready for sentient Disney robots? No. The Walt Disney Company is in the process of developing hyper-realistic, free-roaming robot versions of beloved characters to populate the grounds of its theme parks. They're labeling them as quote-unquote sentient, but that could be jumping the gun just a little bit because the idea of robotic sentience is... You know, complicated. But the creators of the robots are slated to have cameras and sensors that let them make on the fly choices about what to do and say. The Times also described an existing three foot tall robotic Groot can be seen at Disney parks already and can respond to people's actions and demeanor. But while Disney executives see that bots are a way, to intrigue younger generations and, quote-unquote, stay relevant. <laughs> some people are more apt to see them as being terrifying. Yeah.
0: Let's say, uh, I don't know, your I Am Groot robot has a mental fucking breakdown and they see some little pissant kid, like, in the middle of the park mm-hmm. and it's kicking it, and then, bam, it's going to shove its little, you know, fucking twig fingers right through the kid's eye socket and then while disney's going to be in a lawsuit and on the news and
1: then that's how the robots take over the world (laughs) right uh exactly right dude golly so it sounds to me kind of like jurassic park but just robots (laughs) well in any case If the thought of corporate theme parks populated by humanoid robots that may or may not become increasingly self-aware doesn't fill you with dread, try to shake it off by reading some of these funny tweets. Y'all know Westworld isn't a how-to guide, right? There's a whole HBO show about why this is a bad idea. Mickey Mouse pointing a revolver at a group of guests. Have you ever questioned the nature of your own reality? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know man It. I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's But it sounds kind of like A Five Nights at Freddy's Or uh, Wally's Wonderland Kind of scenario Yeah uh, Did you watch Wally's Wonderland Is that what it's called No I've never watched it Oh, man, it's solid. I've got it. I'll shoot it over to you. I think I told you I'd do that in like four or five episodes. ago. Yeah. Yeah, basically it's about a uh, drifter who goes to clean up a defunct um, dollar store checky cheese and gets attacked by the robots one night. Well, there you have it, folks. We've got decapitated feet, bowling balls under houses, and Mickey Mouse robots running amok.
0: You know, real quick you and i had this uh conversation the other day and this the only reason why i'm bringing it up is because science uh you know never seems to get it right like you know they're building these robots which i mean mm-hmm. it's good on them for trying to get us to the you know the next step in the you know technological age because you know we need to advance but it's never like you know all the all the your different like chaos theorists and everybody like they they've always worked through the pros and the cons and it's always come out bad. And you know another example, you and I were talking the other day about uh, that um, you know comet that you know hit the Earth and like changed the poles and then uh, the scientist was actually doing all this research and discovered that's what wiped out the woolly mammoths and Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. how like you know it opened up a vacuum in space like a hole in the ozone and then it like you know flash froze them and they died this horrible death and now science is wanting to you know bioengineer woolly mammoths because we have really great DNA because of how they were were flash frozen but they want to release them back Mm -hmm. into the tundra Mm -hmm. because they've always thought that that was their natural habitat when in fact that if you actually look at the type of hair that woolly mammoths have, they can't survive in the fucking tundra. They weren't made for Arctic, you know, climate. So the fact that these fucking modern day scientists are like, oh, let's recreate this species like Jurassic Park and then, you know, introduce them back into the ecosystem. Well, they're fucking die in like five days because it's too fucking cold because you guys did your fucking, you know, <laughs> shoddy dollar store science on this. Read the fucking books. Yeah. Go back to Jurassic Park Stop fucking with shit!
1: <laughs> right, Elon I mean, Musk. Go you know, watch hey, Terminator. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I love, I love old man Preston rants. Yeah. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is what the people want. This is what the people. <laughs> by people, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. this is what the people need. God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> oh man, golly. Well, folks. We'll be back next time with more Flying Humanoids. Uh, This time around, part of our Achilles heel was that we recorded uh, so late last week that we didn't have the normal amount of time we researched stuff um, to prepare this episode properly.
0: And then I I promise, because I I don't want Sean to promise it, but I will promise that after that episode, it's going to be lawn gnome smut gonna happen two <laughs> two episodes mark my words from now two episodes whatever we're on okay uh it's, what are we on 206 so two- we're on 205 i said it earlier, all right so a- episode 207 people <laughs> hear me loud and clear you will have your lawn gnome smut uh,
1: okay <laughs> Yeah, I have been I have been setting back lots of interesting stories and news articles that involve the nasty, so we will have a very wet, hot, late-night episode coming up. It just kind of suits, you know, this current situation we're in in Kansas, and by situation I mean the fact that you wake up at 7 in the morning and it feels like a nice, brisk, autumn morning, and then by 9 o'clock that night you need to practically wring out your underwear because it is swampsy. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a visual nobody asked for. Well, let's get out of here, man, because I still got to edit this bad boy before I go to bed tonight. So, folks, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you haven't already, give us a follow on the Instagram, PXL Paranormal. Check us out on Facebook, The Pixelated Podcast. Uh, Preston, what's the YouTube Pixelated Podcast? Pixelated Paranormal? Yeah, Sorry.
0: Pixelated Paranormal on YouTube, and we're up to 109 subscribers, holy Jesus, Let's get up to 200 okay. folks. Get on there, like, subscribe,
1: Hot share with your damn. friends. Yeah, there you go. Did I say the pixelated podcast a second ago for Facebook, the pay- the, the Facebook page is the pixelated paranormal podcast yeah. on Facebook. And I'd like to say a heartfelt thank you to everybody in their kind words for, you know, telling us to uh you know, take it easy and for letting us know that you know there's not a big rush to get back to normal episodes cuz yeah, things have been crazy, man. We've got uh health stuff going on and moving stuff and everything else. So we just appreciate the kind words and the understanding guys. And we'll get back to the, the good stuff here before too long. Not that this episode wasn't the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Now Presto, speaking of
0: the good stuff, what do you got for it? And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best damn beard that's authentic and not some shitty dollar dollar store knockoff like Elon Musk robot beard, then go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXL. P-A-R-A for 20% off your order. And pick yourself up some scents like Dundee Cedar, Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Fresh, Citrus, and Classic.
1: Hell yeah. And if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our friend Leslie and the gang at the CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. And Steve will be back eventually. Uh, he's working a little overtime this week for a vacation. He has planned coming up. So uh, Steve, if you're listening, hope you are, buddy. Uh, have fun, uh, and we will get back to, you know, getting into some good stuff with you when you return for La Gnome Erotica. Mm-hmm. There won't be a dry seat in the house.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: All right. On behalf of Steve, I'd like to say cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that love to talk about it.
0: And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway, baby. The paranormal
1: highway. (laughs) Uh.
0: The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.